Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome and uses really made up words. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks, which are both made up words, let's be real. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee, which are three real words. And it's also coffee to die for. I am your host. My name is Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Samson, a.k.a. Steve Destruction. Though nobody calls me that anymore. They, like, call me up on the phone, and I'm like, why don't you call me that? And they don't. And with me, as always, are my must-have, gotta-have-it, gotta-have-both-of-these-guys cohorts, Nintendo. Warning. Choking hazards. Small parts. Not for children under three years. Well, I mean, you just said that about your, yourself. It's so. true. I am, I am uh, under three years. No, I, I was like the small parts <laughs> bit. Uh, and 8-Bit Alchemy! <laughs> okay, full disclosure, I don't want to say this at all, but I'm don't. going to because it is legitimately the slogan for one of the things I'm talking about, okay? But Please I don't, don't. want to say this, but I'm going to do it, okay? So just, just viewer discretion advice. Dang it. The more you play with me, the more I do. I will keep amazing you. Well... Well, I mean, both of All you. All right, have, I'm gonna. Have... I'm just gonna leave. Okay, so no, I can no, tell you, everybody's you've mad. both given I'm commentaries go. on yourself uh, today, which is um, one of you is amazing. One of you is um, uh, has a good personality. This <laughs> um, <clears throat> this uh, this here episode y'all are listening to right here is. Uh, a fun topic I'm really excited about, and uh, it's all about toy fads. And um, before we get into defining what that exactly means 100%, um, I want to mention that this was uh, born of an idea from my firstborn, uh, Haley, who has never been on the show, never been mentioned. She's 24 years old. She's way too old and cool for, like, you know, all this lame shit. So, She's like, so you know, cool. in general... In general, she has not been a part of this show. However, um, she had this great idea. She's like, oh, you know, you know, we're talking about just a organic conversation. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's like literally an episode right there. So um, I convinced her. She was kind enough to leave us a few. Uh, she left two voicemails. Um, so she's actually going to be uh, like a sort of kind of halfway fourth guest 
fourth fourth host for the uh, the day today. She has a, a pick for the first and second rounds. No octoponder, but uh, we I certainly super appreciate it. It's really cool to have her involved after all these years. So um, we will play her uh, in in due course but first uh let's define the episode so obviously so a toy fad let's say so this is something that you know your you know friends all had this thing whatever it was it when it when it came out it hit big and had like tons of commercials and <clears throat> it was just like the most popular thing out of nowhere you know so many toys that you know hit like that like hard right. and fast and then they faded away really quick Never again. so right it's like a flash fire. It's like, oh my God, like everything's fine. And then it's like, oh my God, we're all on fire. And then it's like, it it burned itself out. It's like flash paper. I don't know. Like It's just like, wow. It's there and it's gone and nobody thinks about it anymore. Yeah. And nobody thinks it was holy shit. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, in this original conversation that I had with Haley, it was like, you know, we're, we're sort of talking about the bad ones. And then we were kind of realizing that like, you know, not all of them were bad but there were a lot of cases where it was like okay that looked really amazing on tv on in the commercial and you get it and you play with it for like five minutes and it's like really not that fun um so that could definitely be a toy fad as well you know something that was kind of negative or it could be something that was really popular and you remember really fondly so either way so i think we have a pretty good um cross section of different um from column a and column b throughout the night so we're just gonna do round table uh as as we tend to do and first first half of the episode we each have a pick and second half is uh more of the same got knocked upon or jammed right in the middle and we gotta end things off with with mr nintendo's b segment so before we get there we gotta actually do the first part yeah so you guys ready you guys ready to talk some toy fads let's do mm -hmm. it all right let's do it all right, so this this here episode, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be Mr. Eight Bit starting us off. I think, Mr. Eight Bit, what do you got? Hey, all right. Well, I am I'm happy to start us off. Uh, yeah, I mean, toy fads. You know, every bit every generation had their share of them. They were, you know, people had them, people loved them, or at least they thought they loved them, and you know, <laughs> it was just this thing that like it's. It was kind of the equivalent of just, you know, keeping up with the Joneses at some points. You're like, yeah. wow, everybody's got one of these. I got to get one of these, too. And it's like, yeah, you had that FOMO. It's right. Like big, oh, no. serious FOMO if you didn't have the thing. Shit. Yeah, I, I'm not cool. I'm not cool enough. And I mean, really, uh, like a Nintendo or something is really, truly kind of like that. Yeah. But it's hard to think of that as a fad because, right. of course, it it. it just is still popular and it just you know is right. so such a beloved thing so it's more of a classic but that sort of is that same feeling where you're like oh my god i'm the only kid without a nintendo yeah um totally. but there's lots yeah. of little goofy things as well yeah <laughs> right. so much right. so many just toys and, and dumb shit throughout the years so <laughs> toys and um, dumb shit that's the name <laughs> of the episode right there. honestly toys <laughs> and like... dumb shit episode 104 of the retro Reductions. oh <laughs> god <laughs> Man, yeah. All right, so I'll I will start things off here. So that very uncomfortable uh, catchphrase that I had to say at the top of the episode belongs to none other than my least favorite toy fad ever, which is Furby. Um, <laughs> Furby. Creepy. Furby. I mean, Furby. I mean, everybody had a Furby, and I just really didn't understand it like this was an instance where it was a fad and i was kind of just the outsider looking in being like 
what the fuck are you on? Why does everybody <laughs> want this thing? <laughs> nothing about this screams anything positive. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I just truly was like, felt like a, I was taking crazy pills. I'm like, I guess I just don't get it. Um, but anyway, Furby, if you don't know somehow, uh, was an American electronic robotic toy originally released in 1998 by Tiger Electronics. The Furby creature is a made-up animal that resembles a hamster, owl, rabbit, chimera that is all part soulless, staring dead eyes and a beak mouth. Furby was an insane craze. That was the must-have toy of the holiday season in 1998. Furbies are able to communicate with one another via an infrared port located between their eyes. Like, I barely said anything. How fucking creepy is this already? Over let's, 40 minutes. Uh, touch your port to mine. Mm, let's communicate with our forehead. With our pituitary glands. Right between the eyes. So over 40 million Furbies were sold during its short initial three-year production. Unreal. 40 million. million. <laughs> like, holy shit. Three years. 40 yeah. million in three years. Furby was translated over the course of its lifetime as a toy into 24 different languages so that people the globe over could experience its irresistible horror in demonic ways. <laughs> Originally, nine languages were known to Furby, including English, French, Spanish, German, Italian, Japanese, Swedish, Greek, and Portuguese. And botulism. Uh, and botulism. <laughs> um, Furby begins its life uh, in its host's dwelling by speaking only Furbish, which is a language akin to a demonic possession-induced speaking in tongues. Oh, I thought And it then was. slowly, yeah. slowly learns as it grows stronger. Uh, <laughs> phrases in the Furbish language uh, include Wee-ta-ka-lulu, which means tell me a joke. Wee-ta-ka-wee-lo, which means tell me a story. Wee-ti-ka-wati, which says sing me a song. You're the piano man. Uni lule do you do you want to play? Uni a te do are you hungry? Uni bo do everything ends in do. How are you? Uni welo niwe go to sleep now. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds creepy, right? Like Furby told you. Furby's like go to sleep. I think sleep now. I think that uh, it's possible that KK Slider sings Furbis. Seriously, I know it's it's like fucking KK Slider. And then the last one is uh, Uni Nola. Show me a dance. <laughs> so you know, before <laughs> there, was already a, there was already a dancing one. What is this? Show me no, a dance. Sing, sing me Show a me your sacrificial dance. Yeah, I mean, for fuck's sake. So this is all the stuff that Furby can command you in this. Bring me a virgin. It. Virgin. Uh-huh. So once it starts to assimilate your uh, your native tongue, uh, it'll it'll begin to mimic the words of its hosts and lull them into a false sense of security. <laughs> Future species of Furby would descend in 2005 and 2007 that exhibited emototronic trademark behavior, allowing it to recognize voices and have a wider range of convincing facial mimicry. And even more advanced species was discovered in 2012 with black and white LCD eyes that could communicate through one's phone. 
I saw these. It's a bad idea. The 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 plastic eyes were better. As creepy as they were, they looked like a they look like an eyeball. Like these are like screens. Yeah, it's like what? what? How many things do you need the eyeball to project? Like just so it can move side to side? Like or like change uh, emotions into like a happy like the Mario Lego toy? You know, like that does work, but it's very weird. Um. And then finally, Furby even went so far as to develop fully colored eye displays in 2016. I mean, honestly, the nerve of the Furby species, I just, it, it knows no bounds. Um, so ostentatious. Really, though. I mean, God, you know, they, they really, they, they are tenacious little species, but they eventually died out. Uh, so, yeah, Dave Hampton and Caleb Chung spent nine months creating the Furby, in addition to nine months spent designing the toy. After two attempts at licensing the concept, they invited fellow toy and game inventor Richard C. Levy to join their efforts to sell Furby. Levy brought Furby to Tiger Electronics and Tiger's Roger Schiffman bought the rights to it. Furby's first public appearance was at the American International Toy Fair in 1998. Furby originally cost $35, but due to their very infectious ways, eventually demanded over $100 asking price, with some going even up to $300 in certain exclusive second-hand black market circles of the dark web. Uh, On January 13th, 1999, it was reported that the... Yeah, it was reported the National Security Agency of the United States had banned Furbies from entering NSA's property due to concerns that they may be used to record and repeat classified information, advising those that see any Furbies on NSA property to contact their staff security officer for guidance. (laughs) Wow. Holy shit! Like, there was, like, you know, a fucking actual, you know email that went out and they're like look okay if you see these things on the nsa property like see something say something (laughs) like it's about furbies like it's so crazy the nsa was legitimately concerned and it is a misconception uh as much as i hate them and they're creepy as hell they do not record anything and they do not repeat stuff they're not like those parrot toys that would just like talk back your Mm -hmm. words in a higher pitch voice they didn't do that um they were programmed with certain words that they would learn over time and then they would say them as they heard you say them but there was a limit to it like if you just kept saying the same word over and over again you're like canoe canoe i want you to say canoe they're never going to say canoe but you know they'll eventually learn how to say like it doesn't have a furbish word for canoe it has no concept of a canoe it doesn't know it exactly furbish doesn't doesn't understand canoes what what use does furby have for canoe um but yeah so i mean i i remember two of my friends distinctly having these things uh and i do have to share one funny anecdote uh there was a time that uh i was over my good friend will's house and they had a furby i'm pretty sure it was his brother's and uh we had it was like sitting on a shelf or something and i remember oh no 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 okay Sorry. So there was there was a game that we used to play where we used to take socks and we would throw them into the ceiling fan on high velocity, like turn the ceiling fan on like the highest setting and just throw (laughs) socks in the fan and then just watch the socks go flying. Um, And so then at one point, I don't know, I don't remember if it was me or Will, but one of us took the Furby and threw it up into the fan. Now, I want to say that this was not my idea. 
because I, I feel like even as a stupid teenager, I would never have done that. But who knows? Who can say? Furby ended up up in the fan. And of course, Furby being significantly denser and heavier than a sock, um, you know, the fan decided to just like shake and creak and move around and make a big bunch of noise. And the Furby, you know, did go flying and hit the ground and its batteries flew out and it got damaged. And so that Furby just kind of quietly disappeared. We didn't tell anybody what happened to the Furby. We just sort of put it in the other room and put it in a box. So fast forward a few months later, um, we're in that basement storage room, goofing around, looking for, you know, other stuff and just checking out all these old boxes of, you know, toys and whatever. And uh, as we're rummaging around, what do we hear? But the pained, small voice of the fucking Furby just making noises from within the depths of whatever fucking box that we hid it in and it's just down there like wheel me hungry and we're like okay it's officially time to destroy this thing forever this cannot exist anymore i mean i swear to god <laughs> oh it didn't have batteries in it i don't know how it was still doing anything i mean it it was so fucking freaky. We're like, and the end of Furby forever. Maybe um, it was uh, but, possessed by the spirit of uh, serial killer Charles Lee Ray. It might have been. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could have been. It was honestly uh, a, a memorable enough experience that I'm telling you about it now. Um, and then I had another friend who just genuinely had this Furby and like didn't really like it. I got the impression that he had gotten it as a gift and then just kind of like made fun of it, but still had it in his room. Um, truly, I don't understand. I don't get the mm. Furby thing, but mm -hmm, it is yeah. what it is. It was a fad True. big time. Yeah. Big, for big sure. time. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that by the end of like the whole Furby production, I don't remember. I think they sold... I mean, they sold way more because the, the numbers I could get were like for the original production. Um, but I mean, the last time that it was revived was in 2012 or, or 2016, I said, with the like the newer color eyes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They, they they kept trying, but it could never quite uh, could never quite come back. Although in that, June of 2015, that's the thing with fads, you know, for what's that in uh, in 2015, they made a Chewbacca Furby, which is like, oh, nice. You know, Nice. I mean, kind of cool. It was called yeah. Furbaka. Um, <laughs> but, you know, is what Crazy. it is. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fads, right? That's toy fads. Yeah, that, I, the Furby should have been like a like a hack and slash movie or something. It's just, it, it could it's totally so be creepy. like a Five Nights is, at Freddy's thing. It is so, I mean, it's very Five Nights at Freddy's, right? The uh, the eyes are the same. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of interesting, though, because like as a concept, I think it's kind of amazing. But like, in practice, it's just it just overstays its welcome and it's creepy and, right. and you're like, no, I don't yeah. want this lit like semi quasi living thing, uh, like in my freaking room at all times and and it's just you don't know when it's gonna talk. I remember there was another thing that um, oh man, I can't remember. It was like it was like a remember Tim? It was like a penguin we had that talked and, and like it was so aggravating, um. I'd gotten for Christine, but I know you're, you'd remember it. And they were like, they had like all these animals. It was like, I don't know if it was an eye thing or something like that, but it was the same idea where it would like, you know, just talk at random 
points and like oh the penguin would make like this weird penguin sound it would be like and you're like what the hell is that and it's the stupid penguin talking at 3 a.m you're like oh god i I think i repressed the hell out of that i don't remember i don't remember what those things are called but that that's definitely not one of my picks but um but speak just really quick speaking on the you know, you're you're on the outside looking in. You're like, I do not understand this. I'm not put yeah. under any spell by this. I don't understand why other people are. Right. Um, I think that, uh, like, the main thing that comes to mind for me is Cabbage Patch Kids. Like, oh, as totally. as a kid, oh. I mean, that was that was such a fad. I know none of us picked Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah. But I did not understand at all any of it. I'm like. These are the ugliest toys I've ever seen in my entire life. They're so hideous. Why would anyone want them anyway? And then they started marketing them to boys at a time where that is a weird thing. This was the 80s. This is when you you couldn't like like wear the wrong color because everybody called everybody, you know, slurs and stuff and it's like um you know like you know especially gender you know out of the box any any way shape or form you know in the 80s it was like oh you're screwed you know i remember i remember having like a like a wuzzle thing on my jacket and it was like the purple elephant and i got like beat up because of it because it was like oh you know are you you know are you gay you have you have a purple thing and you're a purple elephant it's like one i don't know i like this purple elephant what the hell why am i getting why for this And then, but like, so that's like happening at school. And then like, I'm, I'm watching the commercials and it's like, oh, so these are for boys too. Like, okay, that's cool and all, but I still hate them because I played with stuffed animals when I was little. I I, I loved stuffed animals so much. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had different ones and whatever dinosaurs and no, all sorts of ones, but like, so it's not like a stuffed thing is like gross to me or something like but it's like these things i i just hated them and i didn't understand but they were literally that same thing they were they were one of the earlier they were one of the biggest fad toys for the holidays in the 80s like by far like the year it came out it was like it was like that thing that uh jingle all the way was was riffing on yeah one had to must have toy of the holidays is whatever it is and furby was that for for its debut year and obviously tickle me elmo is another one and uh but like i don't know i definitely felt the same way you did about cabbage patch kids i'm like these are so ugly i don't understand why anybody would want them girl boy anybody like no matter what like i don't i don't get it i just thought they were so ugly and it's weird just because it's like there's certain things where you're like, okay, it's subjective, but it's like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like these things are objectively creepy. Creepy. At, like, period. Yeah. I, I don't feel yeah. like there's a way that you spin this and you're like, but look, it's so cute. I'm like, no, 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 not, it's, yeah, it's no, not. not at all. Not from any <laughs> yeah. angle. I don't know what you're talking about. No. But yeah. anyway, anyway, Furbies. Furbies. Yeah. <laughs> way nice. though. <laughs> cool. Me now. Way. That's my KK slider KK for you. Slider impression. Yeah, it was really good. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. I, I worked on it. Um, like hey, Nintendo, what you got, man? Hey, yeah. So uh, 
my pick is uh it's a little a little uh, a little puzzler it's uh you know we've all had one at some point and uh we all tried to solve it as quickly as we possibly could but you no know, not all of us are that cool uh so i picked the rubik's cube mm, great um, one man yeah so yeah the rubik's cube is a 3d combination puzzle originally invented in 1974 by hungarian sculptor and professor of architecture our erno rubik originally called the magic cube the puzzle was licensed by Rubik's to be sold by Pen- Pentangle Puzzles in, in the UK in 1978 and then by Ideal Toy Corp in 1980. Um, so, yeah, this thing was super popular back in the day. I've had I've had one. My cousins had one and I could not for the life of me solve it at mm. all. So <clears throat> and, and, and you can't cheat. Because you would have to peel the stickers off, and peeling the stickers off was next to impossible. <laughs> I just could not do it. And you didn't actually win. You never actually win. Yeah, you like you don't actually win anything. That's victory for me. I know. Yeah. yeah. So like, no, yeah, that I mean, sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have a Rubik's at all? Oh um, yeah. Problem. Yeah. Totally. I could never do it either. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a thing. It's a learnable skill. Yes. And I know that that's that's a thing. Like, you know, it's it's a hundred percent like we had friends that like, you know, our friend Ken and uh his son Andrew like were hell bent to like figure it out and they mastered it to the point where they can solve it. Like they can look at it and know exactly what to do and solve it within thirty seconds. And yeah, it's just crazy. it's mind boggling to me. But but we're just not thinking about it. We're just like trying stuff and moving stuff, and there's right. no strategy. And and yeah, then it's like okay, right. And I guess <clears throat> the whole point is to get all six sides to be the same. Well, you have like six different colors. You have uh, blue, red, orange, green, yellow, and white. And the whole point is to have one side be all blue, another side be all uh, white, and vice versa, mm-hmm. whatever. And and uh, that's how you solve it. And right. there's there's actually uh, like a like a like a speed like a speed running type thing uh, community going on with uh, the Rook's Cube. And the fastest is by Mark Park. He solves it in three point thirteen seconds. Jeez. <laughs> Like, I can't even fart in 3.4 seconds. (laughs) It takes me at least seven seconds to fart because you got to be really careful. If you you fart fast, it ends up being something else. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, Rubik's Cube, though, apparently is still a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Oh, my God. That's incredible. That does seem impossible. My God. Yeah. I've seen videos of it. It is so (laughs) freaking crazy. Mark Park, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark Park, Mark yeah. Park. Ma- Ma- Max Park. Oh, oh Max, Max Park. Max Park. Did I see Mark? Mark Park. Mark Park. Park. That was what I heard. Mark, Mark Park. Max. Uh, I I Max used to Park. go to uh, Boy Scouts with a uh, a guy who was like super super good at it, but he he just obviously was learning how to solve Rubik's cubes and had like a cheat sheet and everything of like, oh, okay, if you have the cube in this configuration, you can solve it by doing this many moves and, and whatever. Yes. And, yeah, and, yeah. and could like learn all the logic of like how to do it and stuff. And, uh, and, you know, I was impressed by it cause he could solve it probably within a minute or two. 
Mm. Um, it didn't take him that long, but I mean, it was still super impressive and could just do it. You no, know, no matter, no matter which yeah. way it was, but man, do I not have the friggin' brain for that at I, all? I don't, like, I don't have the patience for that. Like at all. I don't yeah, have the patience. I, I don't have the brain to be able to like <laughs> recognize the pattern and be like, Oh yeah. Okay. I gotta like, I've seen a kid like blindfolded solve Rubik's cube. So I don't get it. Like, <laughs> Like, he plays by sense know. of smell. Oh, it's Tommy. <laughs> he always gets the replay. Mm. <laughs> I ain't seen nothing like him. <laughs> nothing. In an a amusement hall. That deaf dumb and blind kid. Show me solves a mean Rubik's, Rubik's cube. cube. Mm. There's yeah, a million different varieties of them too. Like oh, yeah, weird I think, like, ass versions. Different shapes and yeah. Like a Rubik's pyramid and a Rubik's cube with like a circle in the middle of each side and like a pinwheel and a, a so dodecahedron. Many. I mean, they get wild. <laughs> yeah. The Rubik's wild. dodecahedron didn't really, uh, you know, roll no, off the tongue. No. Yeah. But, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they called it like the Rube deck. So, like, so it was, it, it came out in the 70s. So, I mean, yeah. When did it like kind of fall off? Because I feel like I, like I didn't experience the craze of it. But Rubik's mm-hmm. cubes have continued to be sold sure. forever. But like yes. th- they're not yeah. a fad anymore. No one gives a shit anymore. Right. So I'd say right. Probably by like the end of the eighties, right? That I would like, say so. Yeah. It, well, yeah, and it's totally considered an eighties toy. Like, yeah, I think that you think of, you know, all eighties stuff. Like if you're gonna deck out an eighties kids' room yeah. for like you know, a commercial that's supposed to be set in the eighties. Like, I feel like you're going to have a Rubik's cube yeah. in that room. Yep. Because I went it to an eighties party was and they best. had little mini Rubik's cubes as like a favor. Right. One because that's when it hit. So actually in the case of a number of the things we're going to mention tonight, uh, it sort of harkens back to that episode we did a couple years ago, nineties toys that aren't actually from the nineties. Right. Sometimes when things come out, um, like in the, in the case of that episode, the toys we were talking about in that episode, a lot of them continue to be popular every 10 years or so like have have a little hit not not be a fad but you know be enough of a hit that it was able to continue and whatever but a lot of the ones that we're going to talk about tonight sometimes they came out before they were mega popular and Mm -hmm. most of them you can still actually get today Um, like everything that the two i'm picking you can get today the two Haley picked uh i mean one of them you can get today anyway i don't know about the other one um I mean, Rubik's Cubes, obviously you can. Furby, yeah. you can. You know, but they did have their, like, big moment where they just exploded. Yeah, right. Right. And I, yeah, I'm not exactly sure on Rubik's, but, I mean, it's it's got to be the 80s. 80s. There was even a, there was even a Rubik's Cube cartoon show. What? With a little goofy, yeah, they're. He, he was a, a show he was a, he was a character. He was a walking Rubik's Cube, but he had a face in the front. Oh my god. Yeah. Rubik's the Amazing Cube. Holy shit. What? <laughs> oh my god. I totally what is remember that? that? Yeah. I've never seen this yeah. ever. Wow. <laughs> what a crazy That's fucking a, like reach from 1983. So yeah. I mean that that like that had to be peak Rubik's fever if they're making a cartoon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. 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 He looks like a little a little like good luck troll that's just jammed stuck in a box or something. It's like, why? Like, what a shitty life. 
<laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, like, what's Help me! You gotta <laughs> solve the Rubik's Cube so you can get out. Get him out of there. He's got oh the freaking posture of my Nana. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean, with the, with the Rubik, it's definitely, like, oh, not really as popular now, but, I mean, the, I believe the, uh, the competitions are still going for, like, trying to be the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have to mention one thing about the Rubik's that like I, I you know, like I said, didn't really do much with the Rubik's Cube, but they also had the spin-off toys. They had the Rubik's Snake. That was like the uh oh, yeah. it was like twenty-four hmm. like triangular wedges that were just like in a straight line. Okay. And then you could bend them and and like they would all yes. have like, you know, joints that would lock into place. And mm-hmm. you could make a ton of really cool shit with that. And you could actually you know, like I said, it was just oh, a yeah. really straight line, but you could actually fold oh, yeah. it up in such a way that it would make a perfect ball. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I loved this. Thing. Oh my this god, I loved this. I yeah. know oh, that's forgot. so I, weird. I totally forgot about this. We had the teal and the purple uh, Rubik snake, and I played with this all the time. Like this was totally one of my favorite toys to like mess around with in the car and stuff because it was it was a totally different part of your brain. It was not like, oh, I'm trying to solve this. It was just the creativity of like how do I bend this and fold this in different ways. Yeah. And then sometimes you're just like, whoa, I made something wicked cool, you know, or right. I, I made the ball. And then so once it, you get it in the ball, you're like, I don't want to get rid of the ball. The ball's so cool. <laughs> it's so interesting. So I actually had a black and white one and I actually found a like way be- way before you're born in the 80s for sure and i don't know where i got it but i just had it forever and i have i just stumbled upon an ebay listing just looking up rubik's snake for one uh it's just they're not calling it that though so maybe the rubik snake was a knockoff on this so this was this is just calling it a vintage 1980s black and white plastic snake twisting cube puzzle toy so like it doesn't obviously know what it is uh (laughs) so maybe maybe it was a rubik Maybe it was a Rubik thing. Um, yeah, or just like, or oh, you, you know, know what? Other about. other auctions are calling it Rubik. Okay. So yeah, and it, it's funny that nobody knows how to say Rubik's. It's like I see everybody like it's everybody's different. It's either Rubik with a K, Rubik with an X, X Rubik's yeah. with an X, or it's Rubik with a K, a, like possessive apostrophe S. Like, <laughs> like nobody's sure what it is, right, or or, yeah. or or no apostrophe. I just saw one with no apostrophe as just as ks. That's funny. So I don't actually. It's, do you know what the original spelling is, Joe? What the real spelling is? It's R U B I K. Yes. Yeah. R U B I K. So it would name? be a it would be yeah. a, a possessive then. That would make sense if it if yeah. it's truly Rubik's cube. Yep. Yep. It belongs to Erno Rubik. He's yeah. the inventor. And yeah, it said cool. that the Rubik snake actually also was invented by him. And I was I was wrong. The the snake did not ship as a straight line. It actually came in the packaging in the ball shape. Um, and so that was kind of how you Maybe. knew. You're like, okay, well, I can definitely make this out of this. Um, but also, I have to just say uh, the shape, like the official geometric shape name for the ball is not a ball. Uh, according to geometry, it is a rhombicuboctahedron. <laughs> and right, it's yeah. on the Wikipedia page, so I believe it. And I there you go. I, I, that's all I got. But man, what a fucking mouthful! I'm gonna stick with ball. Right. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, stick with ball. I, I loved that toy. <laughs> I really thought that was a fun, just like yeah. twist yeah. on the Rubik's cube. Yeah, I agree. It's literally a twist on the Rubik's cube. Literally. Yeah. 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 For sure. Nice. Yes. Great one. Classic toy. 
definitely had its day where it was a total freaking fad. Everybody had to have a Rubik's cube. I feel like no, like no household was complete without one for some reason. You just had right. to also have a Rubik's cube. Um, all right. So moving on, we will go to our voice, our first voicemail of the evening from our special special guest, our satellite guest, Haley. Haley. Um, yeah. So I'm going to play that right now and we're going to come back and talk about it after. Um, my name is Haley and I'm going to be talking about two toy fads um, that I grew up with. One that was amazing and the other that was absolutely trash. Um, the amazing one was Webkins. Webkins was like revolutionary when I was a kid because you would get the stuffed animal and in the tag there would be a code and you'd go to like webkins.com or whatever and put in the code and then whatever your stuffed animal was was the character that you got to play as online. Um, and then you could buy them like clothes and decorate a house and then you would just like play a bunch of games online like mini games or whatever nothing crazy and you could play with friends and like invite your friends over to your webkins house and all this stuff and that was like never seen before and from at least in my time um so it was just so, it gained popularity so fast because it was so cool and like so different. Um, but then it was like after a few years, like three years, four years maybe, like no one ever talked about Webkins ever again. Um, it just didn't keep like the attention of kids like continuing on. It just, I feel like people my age really love them and then after that like people didn't really care um but also because they came out with so many other like toy to life kind of concepts after that but i really think webkins kind of trailblazed that for for the current toy world all right awesome thanks Haley. um i just have to say she was definitely nervous doing this and i think she did an awesome job i don't actually Super think she's awesome. gonna bother listening to this episode but in the the case that she is <clears throat> thank you so much such just so appreciated um thanks, very Haley. very cool yeah absolutely um so webkins um webkins. Awesome. I'm so glad, I'm glad this got brought up because I, I considered doing this one, but I'm yeah. really glad that Haley mentioned this. Yeah. And she, like I said, she's 24 now. So it's a completely different uh, generation, obviously. So I love to have people of different ages on this show when we're doing presentations like this. It's always extra fun uh, because, you know, we d we have different experiences and stuff. Um, but, you know, because obviously Joe and I are the same age. Tim, you are 12 years younger than me. Um, yeah, so Haley yeah. and I are like and Haley is part. yeah, so like even I'm younger so. in between your generation and Haley's generation, right? Right, so it's cool, but yeah, so Webkin's like, oh my god, when this when it was big, like as mm -hmm. she said, you know, it's it, it basically you know, you get a stuffed animal and it comes with this like access to this virtual world, mm -hmm. and I just remember 
her needing it so bad. Like she, she was beside herself. It was, and that's, that's the whole thing with fads, right? Yeah. It's not like, I want this. It's like, I, I have to have it. I need it. It's a like, will not survive the next two weeks. Um, And I remember, I remember Mrs. Parasite went everywhere. This is before she was Mrs. Parasite trying to find one. And it was like the, the first original line of the stuffed animals were very weird looking. They looked like they were kind of balding sort of like they, they were soft, <laughs> but they also had these weird strings like, you know, like if oh you're my God, gonna, yes. Okay. I know exactly. What just coming about. off the surface. Just yeah. Like, they're very like it, fibrous, but they were soft, yeah, it, but they were it's just like, like a, it's like on the Simpsons, like, you know, to show that somebody like Homer's balding, he has three hairs or like Charlie Brown or somebody like has like just a couple coarse hairs, like sticking out from the surface. You know how, like, like, some oh, of yeah. the Muppets, like some of the Muppets have hair like that. some of the Muppets have hair. Like, right, it's like yeah. super wispy like and feathery. Just yeah. Yeah. So this is like it's what they looked like the first generation. They didn't look like normal stuffed animals at all. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, these are these are kind of not the best." But it just didn't matter. Like it didn't matter. But in hindsight, I'm like, "Yeah, but they looked super unique. They looked like Webkins." Um, and yeah, uh, it didn't even matter what one. She didn't want a specific one. She's like, "I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just need a Webkins." And so. You know, Christine went around everywhere trying to find one, and um, she she finally came home with a white rabbit, and it was like such a big deal. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh wow, a, a white rabbit, huh? Like that's that's not like a a hailey animal or anything, but like, who gives a shit? It was a freaking webkins. It's what they had. It was a webkins, and uh, and so. She was the happiest kid in the entire world with that white rabbit. Um, she loved it. She was so freaking happy. Um, it was like a permanent stuffed animal forever. But also, like, it really was a neat, you know, early like The Sims, like what Animal Crossing became. You know, it's like a virtual like house that you can deck out with furniture. And I remember there were, you know, as this thing grew over the first couple of years that it was out you know they added more animals and the website kept getting better and better and each animal that you would get would come with like a super amazing special piece of furniture so like you know you might get you know i don't remember what the rabbit came with but it definitely came with something unique so it might have been like a bed might have been like an easter themed bed or something because they started to do that kind of stuff. So you then you'd get like, oh, this is a dragon. What does the dragon come with? And it's like, oh, the dragon comes with this like super badass like volcano lava, you know, jungle gym or something like, oh my God, that's a I have to have awesome. it. Like, and you could put them all in the same house. You could just, you know, have your, you know, there was only certain amount you could make active at a time. I don't know if it was like three or something like that. And they were kind of, I think they were just maybe wander around the house and there were your other ones that were just turned off. You just couldn't have like unlimited wandering around, but you just kind of go through and yeah, it's literally just like the Sims, just like animal crossing, just yep. lots of little mini games to just play literally like, yeah. But the main thing is really just like decking out your virtual house. And that was just, 
so yeah, fun. You could, like and... earn coins by playing mini games, then you could buy right. like the generic stuff. But like you said, you couldn't ever get like the super special the furniture unless you bought that webcam. Right. They wanted you to. Yeah, they're trying to incentivize it, it you. To was actually buy pretty, stuff. It was pretty genius, to be perfectly honest. And the thing that I really remembered was like Haley was the initial seed of of wanting to to investigate webkins at all but then all of us got one like my mom got one i got one steve you got one christine had one like it was one of the very few toys that all of us got in on and and engaged with in some extent and like that's unheard of because it was a fucking kids toy like it was a kids toy i was i have one i thought you did maybe not I, I don't think I, I did, but I Haley had, had a lot. Mom had one. H- Haley, must Haley have had, had a lot enough because I Christine, Christine must have had too. a couple. Yeah, she okay. she did get into it. Yeah, I thought but you did, but I don't remember. Way, I like, don't think was, I did, but it was truly bizarre to be like yeah. in high school and be like, "This is a fun thing." <laughs> like I just I honestly just like this, and my mom played it, and so it was just like a thing to like talk about. And I think you could be friends with each other on the website and and visit each other and stuff like that maybe really see each other's rooms and stuff like that maybe um but yeah i don't know it was definitely like a very well put together mm. product that was a great idea and was yeah. honestly really fun mm-hmm. yeah i mean and i mean like joe like you you got you never would have thought but you got so into animal crossing on the switch last oh, year yeah. yep it's like i bet you never would believe that if you went back in time and told yourself that <laughs> nope <laughs> not at all but you loved it and it's like there it's yeah. just, it's a weird like it scratches a weird itch you're like i didn't know i needed this but this is so relaxing and fun and and whatever so i i don't think i had my own or anything but i totally played it with her like a hundred percent and i remember getting like super into it because i've like always had fun with that like you know i'm 12 years older then you ate bit and we're brothers. So like I got to be, you know, a teenager while you were a little kid and I loved getting into s- stuff with you. That was like your mm. level of stuff. It was really fun, like power Rangers and whatever. I mean, that's the only reason why I, I you know, ever gave a crap about power Rangers. I mean, it's like, right. it's cause you were into it and like, it is fun to get into the stuff with your kids. Like it really is. And so that was really fun with Haley. There was, you know, various things that um, I was actually wondering if she was going to pick littlest pet shop. And it's really funny because she was really into collecting littlest pet shops when she was little. And I honestly had fun with that too. Like I just liked, cause I, cause I have the collector gene. That's the right. thing. Yeah. Like I, I like, I enjoy like, going to the store like what ones do they have like you know let's and they weren't expensive so it's like oh yeah let's spend six bucks and get another one today and it was just fun it was fun to just buy little little cheapo gifts like that for her and add to the collection because there is something about adding to the collection right isn't there like there's just like a sickness there it's like just fun when when it feels like you're adding to a collection it is just extra fun and different and whatever so i i I felt like it was kind of like that with Webkins too. And, and I remember that on the website, they had a, a list of like the ones that were out and ones that were coming out. And you could see like what the um, piece of furniture, special piece of furniture that they were going to come with was going to be. And it was like, I remember thinking it was amazing. And I would show her ones and I would like, Oh my God, you're not going to believe what this guy comes with. And it's just like, so dumb now, but. 
right. It truly was fun. fun. It was. Nice. So thank you, Haley, for sending us that awesome voicemail and being part of the show. Um, And we have another another voicemail of hers in the second half. But for now I will do my pick, which is actually kind of a double shot. I have uh, two things that are sort of, sort of related in theme because I didn't have as much to say about the first one. So my main pick, the one that I was like, when I thought of this episode, when like, I mean, when Haley and I were talking about it and I was like, no, this has to be an episode. The first thing I thought of that was like, had to be my pick was a pogo ball. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay. boy okay I remember so, this thing existing house. yeah so i had one like everybody like i had to freaking have one it was just it was a fad um so pogo ball is spelled with one l which i don't remember but it is huh. um you can still buy them today uh they came back there's a pogoball.com you can go to. It's basically a take on a pogo stick, right? It's just like an easier way to bounce. So in my mind, it looks like the planet Saturn. But of course, that's not quite right yep. because it's, it's not like truly a ball in the center. It's more like an eight. It's like an eight ball. It looks like an eight, yeah. like a figure eight sort of a ball in the center. Like there's a ball on the top and a ball on the bottom kind of, but they're connected. And um, it just has this huge disc platform that you stand on and it just makes it look like Saturn. And they came in different shapes and sizes and colors and whatever. And uh, mine that I had was one of the originals that came out in the eighties. Anyway, it was a silver ball and it had like a light blue platform and it had, I have the exact picture I found it on online. It had like a decals of like, uh, there's a big plane on it and then a bunch of little pogo balls, just like it's as if the plane is dropping them like bombs or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I don't know, like they could have done better. But anyway, I had it. I was excited for it. It was definitely one of those cases where it looked amazing on the commercial and you got it. And it was like really not that fun. So I, I don't have like any nostalgia for this. That's positive. It's just like this was a lame thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was a lame thing that everybody had to have, and uh, I I had to have it, and I was I was so excited to get it. I mean, when we took that thing home, I could not wait to to start just having the I'm time of my life. Oh my heart out! <laughs> and it was like, yeah, this is kind of like you know, you play with it for thirty seconds, and you're like, okay. I mean, I just keep bouncing. Like that's all it is. Is just you keep bouncing. More bounce. Like I was never a person who was able to learn a pogo stick. I didn't have one though, so maybe I would have been able to to do it. And I, I'm sure that a pogo stick is is more thrilling. So I feel like it's more Let me rewarding. Speak from if- experience, I wanted a pogo stick really freaking bad, and then I got a pogo stick for my birthday one year from Dad, and then I used it twice and went, "This thing actually scares the shit out of me." I feel like I'm so high off the ground, and right. the concept of starting the pogo process was way too freaky. I'm like, I'm just gonna fall on my ass. So I literally <laughs> like never yeah. used it ever. Yeah. So, like, so tried two or three times. I was like, mm. <laughs> but if you had, I'm sure it's more thrilling. I'm sure like you're going higher and f- it's scary. Right. But this is so you're the sitting opposite. on the ground. <laughs> like no, you Pokemon. don't sit on it. So you put it between your feet. 
Oh, so okay. you put the top. Yeah, it's like you have to like squeeze, squeeze the, yeah. the top ball or whatever. Oh, really, engage your inner thigh muscles. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's like wow, like you it's go tiring. you know four inches off the ground, and I don't know, it's just you like you're not really getting much bounce for your effort. Like a pogo stick, it's like yeah, like there's a big spring in there, and it is launching you. Yeah. And this is just like you know a thing. So uh, so okay, so here's a little bit of history. It was um, it's actually not from the 80s. This is a case where it became popular later. It was actually invented uh, in 1969 by nice. two Belgian dudes. And uh, it was originally called the Lolo Ball with ball spelt with two L's. I don't know why they decided to take one away as the Pogo Ball, ball but when they did. And um, yeah, it's, it's just like the Rubik's Cube. It is 100% known as an 80s toy and yeah. like even if you go to pogoball.com it even says like relive the 80s like it says that <laughs> it's like it, it was invented in 1969 now i mean the pogo ball wasn't the pogo so the pogo ball itself is a ripoff so okay technically yeah that this lying. product did come out in the 80s but it's a ripoff it was it was it was 1969 so anyway um one you know is of course hasbro was the one who put it out here and they produced the toy until the early 90s and 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 it also was ripped off and and i don't know none of the other ones are things i've ever heard of but eventually it it you know came back and you can buy them again now so that's really the pogo ball but i sort of wanted to transition because it it made me think of another toy and so I looked that up the, uh, you know, keeping in the theme of like a bouncy ball thing that you, you know, sit on, or, you know, you were saying sit on this one, you stood on for the pogo ball, but, but the thing you sat on, um, I think we'll all remember what's tends to be called the hoppity hop ball or the hoppy ball, which is basically just a much larger ball that looks like a yoga ball size, but it has handles. It's basically oh, yeah. a yoga ball with handles. Basically. I That's know what exactly yeah, yeah. this thing. So um this yeah so this was um older it came out in 1968 but it was a fad in 1968 it instantly hit and it was gigantic the hoppy ball or the it the it's it's really it is called the the hoppity hop or the hoppity hop ball but I think that over time people st like, I always thought of it as the hoppy ball. I looked up hoppy ball and came up with a ton of stuff, but it's true. True name is hoppy hop. Um, so it's the ball with hops of fun. Uh, it jump started a national craze in 1968. So it was made by sun rubber co in Barberton, Ohio. And that is still Barberton, Ohio's greatest accomplishment. So <laughs> wow. good job guys. A you peaked, you peaked early. But you peaked. Some, some of us never do. Yeah. Um, so another slogan is hop on, hold on, start hopping. So they used hop twice in the slogan. Hop on, hold on, start hopping. On it's actually, twice. It's actually hop on, hold on, start hoping. <laughs> start hoping it becomes hoping fun. for something oh, fun. Um, yeah, so it was it was like you know, advertised for kids, but it was also advertised like fun for the whole family type of thing. Uh, as like, you know, grownups can do it. And, and they, they really put in the advertising dollars and, um, 
apparently after sun introduced the ball in 1968 at the american international toy fair in new york the company was flooded with orders hoppity hop cost about six dollars to pop roughly 43 dollars to today and within the first three months more than 300,000 units were sold across the country. Over 4 million hoppity hops were produced during the first five years. Wow. So, you know, pretty close to what you were saying with the Furby and it's four years, but this is in the late 60s for crying out loud. Right. Furby um, was 40. Oh, it was four, 40 million. Oh, yeah, that's a lot more. <laughs> 40 is more than four. <laughs> um, but so the company was doing terrible at the point where they came out with this. So this really saved them. Um, they, they, so this is like a little stat I thought was like insane. The business had suffered a net loss of nearly $500,000 the year prior in 1967 net loss, $500,000 hoppy hop comes out. And the next freaking year, 1968, they bounced back. They hopped back with a profit with a profit of 761 over $761,000. So from yeah. a, being in the whole 500,000 and then they had a net profit. So that's that's like insane. In one year. I mean that's like the that's like the best turnaround ever for like anybody. No, Come on. Shit. That's really um, impressive. So yeah. insane. Unfortunately, it didn't it it didn't sustain them. Like like so many fads that hit, uh, you know they they didn't they didn't maintain that level of sales. Things like that they just they are they flashes in the pan, like we say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they die out, and then it's like, well, you know, you have certain companies that are just always trying to chase that, you know, dragon and try to like you know find that success that they that they originally had. And I mean, like our last episode, we did the point and click episode and that was true for the creators of mist. They've always been just tra- chasing that dragon. Never like, get to, that. Yep, after that this, back. they did one very successful sequel and th- which was riven. And then after that, it's like, ne- they can never, they can right. never make those bucks. Right. But so to end this, I did actually own a hoppity hop. It was an official hoppity hop, but, um, Mine was a Mickey Mouse, and I actually really love this thing. Um, it's possible that you might remember it, Joe, I, perhaps, but I mean, like, I had it when I was pretty little, but I think it was just still in the house. You might have seen it, but it had a red body and a, you know, a plastic Mickey Mouse head, and the ears were handles. Um, it's actually really cute. Like I, I, I found a picture of it and like, it still looks really great. Um, there are people selling them online. Most of the paint is, is sketchy. Uh, I actually had read that it came oh, out in the, yep. I do. Yeah. That. Yes. Yeah. I, I heard, I read that it came out. In, I, like one, one source said 1970 and then other sources said seventies. Uh, so I'm not really yep. sure, but it was way older than when i got it i probably got it in like 82 or 83 or something right um i mean i was maybe even yeah i mean i was old enough to and the funny thing is like i remember getting this for christmas this mickey mouse ball and like i also distinctly remember asking for it not knowing that it was a real thing that was when i believed that santa was real and you could ask for anything wow 
And like, I wanted like a, a hoppy ball, but I was like, Oh, Oh, do you think I could get like a hoppy ball? But that's like Mickey mouse. And it was like, maybe. And then I got it and I was like, Christmas magic confirmed. It's <laughs> real. It's real. It's, it's happening. It's and happening. <laughs> and then as much as I loved it, my favorite character was Pluto, not Mickey. So I'm, I, I remember being a little kid, like getting this amazing thing that I asked for that I just envisioned and it's real in front of me. And I did love it and I did appreciate it, but I was also like secretly going, Oh, I should ask for a Pluto one. Cause I thought that like, Oh, it's, it's magic. It's literally anything. Anything that you want is, is, That's is so funny. Is like, Shit, why didn't I, why didn't I dream bigger? Right. Why know, didn't I dream right? bigger? Pluto, oh, you funny. fool. You fool. You but the hoppity hop Mickey mouse. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of a hoppy hop, do you guys remember the the moon shoes? Mm-hmm. I don't yes. remember those. It's, it's it's like a trampoline for your feet. Yeah. Oh, it's like it it's, there's like like two two little trampoline things that you strap onto your feet and you just just hop. <laughs> right. And I always saw commercials work. for them, but I feel like I wouldn't consider it a fad because I don't think anybody cared. Like I didn't know uh, yeah, anyone. I, who cared. I didn't know anyone who actually had one. It was yeah. Like, so, even, so like, even back then watching the app are like wow this is <laughs> so stupid like <laughs> who would buy this crap exactly like, like, like at the time when the when the pokeball was was like a thing like other companies were like just trying to cash in on it with their own mm-hmm. ideas like random hopping toys or whatever right right yeah i totally remember those though 100 yeah. <clears> percent <throat> All right, awesome, awesome first half. Uh, yeah, you guys are good. We can move on to the octoponder because it is about that time. Um, so for this week's octoponder, I posted to the group today. We we got some fun answers. So thank you for ev- to everybody who answered. Um, so the question this week is um, sticking with toy fads. This is kind of like a thing that's like sort of tangentially i feel like related in my brain uh some people might disagree but we were talking about possible candidates from this category as being picks in this episode i'm like you know what let's just make that the octoponder and it's a category of toy that really did a good job of making you feel like it was the awesomest goddamn thing in the entire freaking world and you had to have it because the commercial was so amazing and then you got it and it was kind of a letdown now not everybody is going to agree that it was a letdown. Clearly, some of our answers loved theirs, and I did love mine to a point, too. But the question is, drop your favorite. I need to hear your favorite or one that you really wanted, a remote control car, truck, whatever, RC cars. They were so big in the late 80s and uh early nineties, like so big there. It felt like there was a different one coming out every month. Felt like there was like 10 different ones being advertised on TV at all times. And it was all just, the time. It was just a constant stream of new RC cars that you just had to have. They were so amazing. And every commercial was like, Oh, it's the best thing you've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> it's so cool. And it it's so extreme. Oh, you had so to get extreme. one. You had to. You had to. Yeah. So I'm just asking for either your favorite or one that you remember really wanting and, you know, just kind of was cool. But yeah, I mean, could be a car, could could be a truck, could be whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Velociraptor. I don't know. 
whatever it is. Anyway, why don't you guys ponder that while we play you some uh, commercials? Because that's the thing we like to do, and we will be right back. Hey, kids! It's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with My God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dorkening Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you attention this is the lost skeleton of cadavra and you are listening to rancho notorious no wait no that's retro redoctopus hey are you ready to do some bacon it's about that time where we ask you the audience to octo ponder this welcome back aboard everyone all right, well, before we took a break, we asked you this week's Octopon to this question, which is we're looking for your favorite RC car, truck, slash, whatever the heck you want, as long as it's lo- awesome in the commercials and it was remote-controlled, uh, you know, radio waves. They're amazing. They're the future, guys. They're the future. <laughs> um, so I think... Uh, I think we can do our answers. Let's do our answers first, and then I'll read yeah. the retroids. Um, so let's let's just uh, let's go with the same order. We'll go, Mister Eight Bit. What's right. your What's your pick for the RC car question? All right. Yeah. So there was one in very specific that I remember seeing the ads for all the time, and I wanted it so goddamn bad. And <laughs> I mean, it just looked like the coolest thing ever. Now, what I discovered while trying to look this up is that it's actually ridiculously hard to find like any kind of in-depth information about RC cars. Like I, I looked up this toy and could not find Jack Squat except for a animated GIF from the commercial. That is 1,000% exactly the thing I had. This is the hmm. Sidewinder from RC. And hmm. the Sidewinder's whole deal was that the top half was red, the bottom half was blue. It had these four ginormous wheels, and it would be able to drive on any side, no matter which way it flipped over Whatever it bumped over, it didn't matter. Nothing could stop the Sidewinder. It could drive on its, on its top, on its bottom. If you flipped it on its side, it could even drive around like that and then eventually ride itself back over. It was unfucking stoppable And I could <laughs> not believe it. The commercials were constant, like you said. They're always, always on between Nickelodeon, Disney, Cartoon <clears throat> Network, whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just so a category I mean, of normal commercial that you'll see. 
Yes, it's exactly. like yeah. What it's, and it is also the equivalent of car commercials for RC children. cars. Yeah. It's like yeah, uh, okay, you 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 got me. I want this bad. Like thanks. So I um, I eventually did end up getting the Sidewinder, and I was psyched, super fucking pumped to try it out. And I remember plugging it into the plugging the battery into the wall, and it had to charge for like three or four hours. Mm-hmm. I think it was like yeah. a really goddamn long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it was just like God. Okay, you know whatever, but it's gonna be awesome. And then you know finally it charged and put the battery pack in the car, take it out to the driveway and we're driving around with this thing. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, it's like, it's zipping around. It moved like really, really fucking fast. Mm. And uh, it could just like cover a decent amount of distance and everything. And, and, you know, it, it seemed like it would be able to kind of like go wherever, you know, except the battery shit out after like five to 10 fucking minutes of playing Mm. with it. And I'm like, is the thing it's it's dead yeah what like the, yeah wait another four hours to, the to duration of the commercial yeah. is about the amount of time that you get Pretty to much. play with this fucking thing so <clears> that to me was so disappointing because you know the the battery technology was so crappy like if those toys existed now batteries kick ass you can buy battery powered lawnmowers now like they have all sorts of rechargeable battery pack tools for everything you can't tell me rc cars couldn't last for hours at this stage but back then oh my god what a disappointment and that was that was literally like instant nail in the coffin i was like I never want to play with this thing ever again. What's the point? I, I can't even do anything with it. Like it, it dies so fast that there's no real significant fun to be had with it. Right. And that was, and that, that's really true for everyone on this list, technically. Yeah. Um, and that was def- the, definitely my, you know, problem too, for sure. I mean, it yeah. was, it was a huge, it turned me off. Um, but it did take me two tries to fully, fully get off that wagon. But um, I'll save my pick, uh, Joe. What yeah. do you got, man? Yeah, so uh, I picked the Tyco Rebound 4x4, which came out in 1996. Um, it's it's a really cool little car. I mean, I I was never one to want to own a RC car. But if I were to pick one, this one would be the one to pick. Because <laughs> for one thing, the wheels are freaking huge. So you can, like... You can like flip it and do all these cool little things with it. Um, also, the this has two two different sides. One side is a red car, and if it flips over, the other side is a blue pickup truck. Wow, they got real creative. It's like the yeah, exact same thing. Yeah, it's like okay, oh well, now I'm the same toy as I just explained. Like, like that's so weird. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's different. Not <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them, a lot of them would just you know boil down to one gimmick. Like there's yeah, one neat one thing. thing that this does. Yeah. And then sometimes they would copy each other. <laughs> so right, it's like, right. <laughs> okay. Right. I mean, as far as like battery life goes, I have no idea, but I would imagine it would take like eight hours for 20 minutes. Or I, I mean, I mean, it was four hours for 10 minutes was my experience as well. It's pretty, basically what Tim said. It took four hours and it's like, they would take these battery packs. So even if you really did like keep doing it and keep playing with it, eventually that battery pack's gonna be dead. Like right. it's not gonna it's gonna get worse and worse and worse. Right. Any momentum with it. It's like okay, every ten minutes gonna wait four hours. Like I'm a kid. You no, know, and they would always show them like span, you know, I don't care. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. they would always show them like having adventures, like in the quarry or something. It's like, what the fuck? Like, right. It's no. like, what? Do I got to bring like a whole fucking like backpack full of charged batteries that I've been building up <laughs> over the last week so that I can right. go to the quarry with my fucking sidewinder. <laughs> like, what is this? He's lying to me. <laughs> it's just what nonsense. a stupid piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was yours called, Joe? It was the Tyco Rebound 4x4. Rebound 4x4. Okay. Yes. Tyco. We'll drive two-sided vehicle. Tyco is like the company. I mean, they weren't the only one, but they basically were. You know, they, they like. What's that? Do you remember their slogan? No. Tycho, that's how you spell RC. Spell RC. Oh, yeah. It makes no sense. It's such a no, stupid no, no. slogan. It's like, no, RC is how you spell RC, you ass. The fuck does that even mean? You stupid fucks. Tycho, that's how you spell RC. Like, no, it's not. No, it's goddamn not. Okay, so so I know that um so I said it took me two strikes to get off the wagon. My second strike, this is the one that like I I don't remember what the first one I had was. I don't think it was a big deal i think it was kind of like before there was a billion out there but there's you know rc cars existed and i had one and it was like it was okay and then this came out and it's the tyco rc fast tracks track spelled t-r-a-x-x so extreme has two x's came out in 1990 and uh there were actually two colors you could get the red or the highlighter yellow and for some reason even though I was never a fan of yellow, I wanted the yellow one so friggin' bad. It was ridiculous. Um, and I had a friend who had the red one. So we're like, okay, awesome. We'll we'll have the two colors. And uh this thing was a was basically a tank. It had it looks like a tank from the future. Um, it has tank treads and um it looks amazing it still looks amazing um like it could easily just be in a sci-fi movie if you like you know didn't if it wasn't highlighter yellow and you know bright fire truck red um it's really really cool looking the thing was so incredibly fast um and it was like it was nuts how fast mm. this thing was and it basically did one trick which was the deal was that you on the controller, you could control, you had two different toggles uh, instead of just like forward. There were two forwards and it was the two treads. So if you did one forward, one back, it would do a 360 spin. And it was cool. It does it in yeah. the commercial. Like it's cool, but it's only cool for so long. Like, you know, <laughs> how many times are you going to sit there spinning your Tyco fast tracks? Um, and then, of course, it was the whole four hours and, you know, you get 10 minutes of, of playtime. But uh, it was so awesome that I just I loved having it anyway, technically, because it just looked so cool. But um, the the fast tracks is definitely never left my brain like this was my big remote control car and i'm glad nobody nobody picked it actually you guys and the retroids and myself like there's there's no overlap at all um everybody picked there's a unique a lot thing. Of RC cars so there's one that's really close though and i'll start with that as i get into our retroid answers um colleen actually says her favorite one was called it was the tyco ricochet and it's 
it really is just like the rebound. Um, same same company. I don't know which one came out first. The Ricochet looks a little bit more polished to me, so I feel like maybe the, the rebound came out first. Maybe the Ricochet was like just the next the next one of it, like the evolved version or whatever. This is the Raichu, you know. The oh, other I one's a Pikachu. You see what I'm there. saying? Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm picking that up. Um, you know, when you give it Thunderstone for breakfast or whatever. Um, so so Colleen's was, yeah, so let me get back there. So it's the Ricochet. And she just says <laughs> it's is virtually unstoppable. Same sort of thing. Like the tires are so big that the chassis of the vehicle is like essentially in the center of the tires of mm-hmm. the wheels. So it, the, the wheels are so big, they stick up as far above as they do below. So you'd never like have to worry about flipping your car or something like that. And it's really yeah. funny in the, in the commercial for the ricochet, it actually, the guy goes drive it like you hate it. <laughs> Cause like you can't drive it like it. you hate it. <laughs> he says oh that. My like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Why? you couldn't hurt it. Like the body, like almost can't touch the ground. It's really funny. Um, but anyway, so the ricochet is actually pretty similar to, to the one you picked Joe other than that. And it's, it is a different car. Uh, Justin Cooper says the animal and this, I mean, I had to look this up, but Oh God, do I remember this thing? And the freaking commercial is hilarious. It has like such a catchy theme song where they, the guys like the animal, the animal, nothing can stop the animal. And it's just, it's, it's a big truck, but it has retractable claws that come out of the wheels and not just claws either whole, like full paws. Like it's like a yellow lion paw with claws comes like three per wheel. They can retract or extend. So the theory is. The theory is like if you you know are on tough terrain that your car just can't get over, like oh the animal can take it because all you got to do is press the button and your claws come out. No, it can just get over anything. Wow. Um, Yeah. Plus, it had a catch itself theme song. So there's it's true. Yeah. New Um, from Lube. I totally totally forgot about that thing. Me too. Me too. Uh, but I do, I do remember as soon as I saw the commercial, I was like, Oh my oh, God, yeah, there it is. Yep. There it is. Um, we have, I believe it's her first time answering a, an octoponder octoponder for us. Uh, Alice Scott says she loved this thing so much growing up. She remembers the Cobra popping out and spitting water. It's this toy. It's actually called the Tycho Python and it's, it's just a not big deal looking sort of a truck. It's cool, but it kind of it's just like not that big a deal. But the deal is that if you press a button, this huge snake would uncoil that's actually the top of the truck, and it just kind of folds in and clicks. And and so if you release it, it just kind of stands straight up. It looks really goofy because the thing sticks up like I don't know, like almost 10 inches or something, or a foot. I don't know. Like but from the way back, because of course that's where the hinge is. So, you know, it's the length of the whole truck. Um, but anyway, it's really funny and it spits water. So like you can fill, there's a little reservoir in there. You fill with water and you, so you can like sneak up behind people. Yeah. 
and then like squirt them with water from the truck. Yeah. That I, is awesome. Yeah, I just watched the commercial for it. Like, I totally remember <laughs> this now. Like, oh my god! Like, so many of these I just totally forgotten. <clears throat> about. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're they're really like we probably saw these commercials like a thousand times. Yeah. Um. So that's the Tyco Python. Um. Absolutely awesome. So thank you for that, Alice. And thanks for participating. Um, we also have Phil Conti who says, I was poor. So the only RC car I had wasn't wireless. Like I like I had to follow it around because the wire was only six feet long. I preferred cars that did something on their own, like the stomper cars or the ones that are on a dock that you cranked and hit a button and it went off. Um, what I had had a bumper, so it would hit a wall and go in reverse, like pong. Pretty cool if you ask me. Awesome. I think that's pretty cool too, mm -hmm. Phil. Indeed. Nice. Um, and we have two more. Uh Gwendolyn Troll, a Gwen from our episode on Beast Wars Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Um yes. Gwen says a bunch of my friends would bring this in middle school, the jackknife. And it is a big ass truck that like in the middle I, it hinges. I remember so the, this thing. Yeah, so the back thing. The whole the back the whole like back it looks like a trailer, um with the back two wheels it connects to the front of the the like the car basically it connects just like with a single pivot point, so when it turns it really jackknifes like it really like, the the back really like follows the front you know it's not really one thing, um it looks pretty cool, but Gwen then said but her favorite, uh she says. Um, yeah, her favorite was the Deceptor, um, which transformed between between a monster truck and a race car. And I did not remember this at all, but it's like we said, you know, um, you see the commercial, it all comes back. But this was 1998, so I was technically in college when this came out. So I probably, I it does see, it does feel familiar, but it's not like when I saw the animal. Like that's like, oh my God, because that came out earlier when I was younger. But um, the Deceptor is cool as hell. Like it can transform on the fly. Basically, the, it's just like the wheels get closer together and like like closer towards each other and like on both axes, basically. X and Y axis. They can, they can scrunch up closer to each other or separate. And it really causes the thing to just transform. Just like the way that it, the body is built, it's like, yeah, when it's scrunched up, it becomes a monster truck, and when it flattens out, it looks like a race car, and it's yeah. truly cool. That, like yeah. it really yeah. is cool. Super cool. Um, and last one, we have Arthur Cushing says two of my favorites from childhood were RC Rad Skate and the Animal. So he did get one yeah, one duplicate, but yeah. uh, but that's that's great. What a what a great list of RC cars. Thank you, everybody, uh, guys and gals, for participating. Very, very fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I just, um, I, I love it. I love it when we can figure out, like, an octoponder that's, like, it's, like, close, but, like, mm -hmm. not not the same exact thing that we're answering with our main picks or whatever. Like, I like right. it when it's oh, like, you know, it's like a little bit like you got to use your imagination and squint a little bit, but I do think that RC cars kind of, kind of feel like a fad in a way to me. They were not the mm -hmm. same exact thing, but yeah, definitely the same don't. feeling that, that I got from some of the fad toys where it just like, Oh my God, it looked like the coolest thing. Yeah. Oh 
man. And then you get it home and it's like, what, how many hours? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so those are our answers and those of our awesome retroids. Um, for those of you who still would like to participate, it's your turn to tell us what you think about this week's Octopod or this. Um, you can reach us in our po- popular Facebook group or on Twitter at Redoctopus. Or you can always email us at Redoctopus at gmail.com. And please, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review or a rating on our host site. Just search Pinecast Retro Redoctopus. Thank you to all of those awesome pondering answers. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. All right, second half. Here we go. We're going to do this one more time, guys. One more time. Right on, right on. Right on, right on. So, Mr. 8-Bit, why don't you you kick it off? Sure. What you got? So, uh, this is a toy that I did not own, but I kind of always was curious about, but I didn't really know a whole hell of a lot about, uh, and that is the Tamagotchi. Um, Oh, yeah. They were big time. Uh, everywhere. I mean, there was so many kids at school that had one on their backpack. Um, they were really popular with girls, um, but uh, plenty of boys had a Tamagotchi too, and they were just like super collectible, very popular. Everybody was interested who was a kid in the 90s in the Tamagotchi. Um, so, you know, those of you who don't know, they are a little handheld digital pet toy that was originally created in Japan by Akihiro Yokoi of Wiz and Aki Maita of Bandai. Jeez, uh, I the name they were French. No, no, they're <laughs> Japanese as hail. The name is a portmanteau combining the two Japanese words tamago, which means egg, and uochi, which means watch, uh, because the ta- Tamagotchi could tell time. You set the time as soon as you booted it up. Um, it was released by Bandai in November of 1996 in Japan and in the USA in May of 97. Uh, it very rapidly became one of the biggest toy fads of the late 90s and early 2000s. Bandai sold 400,000 units in 96, uh, which increased to 10 million units by the next year, and then 13 million by October 97. By 1998, nearly 40 million units were sold worldwide, (laughs) including 20 million in Japan and nearly 20 million overseas. In the first two years following Tamagotchi's release, Bandai had sold 40 million units. Lifetime sales of the toys, from what I could find, was about 83 million Tamagotchis. (laughs) Oh, my God. Absolutely mind-blowing. Wow. Really, really crazy. So, yeah, they were just like this little toy. They had these three little different buttons on it. Uh, when you turn the toy on for the first time, an egg would appear on the screen, and you get to set the time, and the egg wiggles around and shakes for a few minutes before it eventually hatches. And then once it hatches, you get to see whatever you know weird little creature you had. And the main thing that I didn't love is that I felt like all the Tamagotchis were just kind of like weird and ugly, like just like a, a worm with a duck face. And you're like, why? <laughs> like none of them were really cute or like they were all kill good. it with fire kind of like it was just like really did you t- like take four seconds to design these fucking things like it just felt like there could have definitely been a way to make these actually cute and it probably would have appealed to me a lot more but i'm like i don't know they're like the idea of this virtual pet sounds fun but it's they're all just like so ugly um but yeah, so once the thing would hatch, uh, it is your job to take care of the Tamagotchi as much or as little as you want. 
but uh, you know, if you neglect your Tamagotchi, you will pay for it. Uh, the players have to manage their pet's hunger, happiness, and training to keep them alive and well. Uh, if your pet is hungry, I thought this was so funny. You can you have two choices of what you can feed them. You can feed them candy, or you can feed them cake. I'm like. Wow, such a diverse range of foods we can provide for this animal. <laughs> Candy or cake? Like cake or death. Cake or death. Like okay, good, great. That's an awesome selection. Um, you can also play games with the Tamagotchi to keep them happy, and you can also scold them when they do things that they don't that you don't want them to do. Uh, kind of. Is there a scold intense. button? Yeah, you can be like no, like but it's like a button. You know, it's like the scold button. I don't know. I think it would be basically like if you if you were like, oh, let's play a mini game, and then the Tamagotchi would be like, no, I don't want to, and then you'd have to be like, well, tough shit, and they were like, fine, but then but I'm gonna take a crap right here. Um, so that was the other thing that I felt like was super infamous about Tamagotchis is that they would poop like all over the screen, um, and they would just create like these big like you know steaming piles of pixels that would just it would just be like a little you know poop emoji without the face and there'd be like a little steam coming off of it and uh you know you'd have to have to clean up the tamagotchi poop and if you didn't like if you let the tamagotchi like shit itself out of house and home it would (laughs) fucking die like the tamagotchi would just eventually crap itself until it had nowhere else to go and then die so (laughs) it got real you know, and I think eventually what would happen is you would just be able to get another egg, I think, which kind of seems wrong because it sort of just seems like whatever, just try again. But um, yeah, I think that it would just let you start over with a different egg. Uh, but yeah, you had to like specifically be like, OK, I got to pay attention. I got to clean up the poops with the little cleanup, you know, option. <laughs> Make sure that it doesn't die. Um the pet, as you would feed it, and it would stay alive longer and longer, it would actually go through different life stages. Uh, so it would start as a baby, and then it would become a child, a teenager, an adult. And then there was a uh, a senior stage that was eventually phased out, and it was just changed to like a special stage. Um, I couldn't really find too much like graphics or anything but it was kind of neat you know incentivizes you to keep the thing alive and see it grow mm-hmm. and everything which is cool give like a sense um, of responsibility yeah, yeah i mean right. i, I yeah. think totally it did and it was honestly like it was one of those toys that you know i like i said it was definitely more popular with girls um i saw a lot of girls that mm-hmm. had them they were all like pinks and purples and like fun colors and stuff like that but plenty of boys played them but they you know people who had them were pretty invested in them you know they weren't really just like a oh whatever it's just this stupid game thing it's like no they they treated them like a little virtual pet and uh and so that was kind of cool um so like i had said at the top uh tamagashi was invented by aki maida and akihiro yokoi in 96 uh they both won in 1997 the ig nobel prize for economics dubbing them the father and mother of tamagotchi now i did not know what the ig nobel prize was so i looked it up the ig nobel prize is a satiric prize awarded annually since 1991 to celebrate 10 unusual or trivial achievements in scientific research its aim is to honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make people think like what a weird thing but um the inventors of tamagotchi <laughs> won it in 1997 it. so wow. there you go there you go 
Um, and then I will uh, I will round it off with an interesting tidbit. Um, when releasing the Tamagotchi in Japan, Bandai initially marketed them heavily, exclusively, in fact, to teenage girls. But Bandai and Wiz would later collaborate to create a masculine counterpart to the Tamagotchi called the Digital Monster, which would spawn the Digimon franchise. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. So, I did not know that. Wow. Tamagotchi is the, you know, origin of <laughs> Digimon, which has become quite a franchise. And I mean, Tamagotchi definitely went away for quite a while and then it got a resurgence in like the last 15 years they started making them again um but they were way smaller like they used to be you know maybe about like an inch or two in like in width or you know tall or whatever and the new tamagotchis are like not even an inch like they they are way smaller um so it's kind of bizarre they did bring them back obviously you know screens have gotten better fidelity so like they're still black and white but they could probably fit more pixels and i guess just do more with less um but yeah they 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 did some different stuff i think there's a tamagotchi show that came about i believe there was a game on the wii that was a tamagotchi like mario party spinoff kind of Mm. thing um so i don't know they they gave it an honest try but yeah Yeah. i mean they they sold a stupid amount of tamagotchis over the course of its life and uh i'd say it was definitely a a major fad because i i can't tell you the last time i saw anybody with a tamagotchi but for Mm. sure when i was in school i saw them all over the place (laughs) it's so funny Um, how that happens yeah and i i never never had one you know never had one i was always curious about it but um you know it's i think there was like the pokemon nature in me i was like oh tamagotchi might be something fun i'd like to see some of these different little guys but um anyway it uh it came it went and it certainly made bandai a dumb amount of money <laughs> Jeez, i mean geez, that's awesome million times like I, I can't imagine i think they were probably like 20 bucks a piece wow i don't know i mean geez quick math here like it's a lot of money that's a lot of zeros a lot of freaking o's but uh yeah the tamagotchi nice thanks man no problem great one definitely a classic my god i can't believe how successful they were my god just that beginning of the you know what could we do differently with digital toys kind of a thing yep yeah very cool yeah same same like screen fidelity as like a calculator you know right black and white you know something different yeah Mm -hmm. nintendo yes what would your uh, second and final pick be my second and final pick would have to be the light brights oh nice Uh, so i had a lot of fun with this because i loved using the different different colored pegs and you can like make your own little designs and, and just watch it light up and see how cool or bad it looked. And uh, and it came out in originally it came out in 1967 and it was invented by Bert Mayer, Delilah Ber Berbikas, and Joseph N. Burke. And uh, it consisted of a light box with a small colored plastic peg. I'm sorry, with small colored plastic pegs that fit into a panel and. L- it would illuminate to create a lit lit picture by either so using lit one, so lit dude. so lit bruh bruh more like lit bright 
Um, it, it would include a template. So you like, you no, know, say if you want to like do like Christmas tree or whatever, it would come with a Christmas tree uh, template or whatever. Or you just free ball it. Just make whatever the fuck you want <laughs> on a black mm-hmm. on a sheet of black paper. I like the way you went to free ball instead of free hand. Free, free, <laughs> no, free, free ball, ball it, shit. man. I love yeah, free, dude, free ball it. Like fucking underwear is overrated, dude. Yeah, I'm free, <laughs> free balling. <laughs> the same like two or three notes throughout the entire song. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Lightbright is a, a little fun little fun little gadgets to spend hours on with, with kids playing yeah. in the dark. You know, and they had like you know you'd get the black paper that you'd oh, put on, and they would be themed. My existence. Yeah, and they would be themed because you would just they would would tell you the pattern you had to do. So, like, but I remember getting like originally like they show showed that clown like yeah it would come yeah. with its certain like the light bright its own patterns. But then it started to be this like thing that they marketed, so you could get like light bright packs of like various things like Mickey and whatever. Yeah, and uh, even like that, Muppets too. That was yeah, and it was like fun and cheap. Like I'm sure those packs were a couple bucks or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, each one you could really do only one time because you you poke right. the pegs through Punch it, the and then you don't now now you don't it. know what color it was supposed to be because you'd right. literally rip the paper. But I I also right. loved my light bright. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another thing too too is like I mean, sure you can reuse the same template, the same uh black sheet of paper. You just use whatever colors you want. That's true. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have to be the same. Yep. Which is really cool. You, you can really be creative with this, and you can really spend hours in complete darkness. <clears throat> with light <bright. laughs> it, yeah, I mean, you get that. Honey, what are you doing in there? No, oh, mom, <laughs> don't turn off the light. I'm fucking around with my light bright. You're summoning demons with my light bright, mom. <laughs> making a duck. Okay, it's just a duck. It's just the Furby, mom. Furby's Furby's no. <laughs> Sacrifice. Virgin. <laughs> yeah, Virgin <laughs> Flash. The, the thing with the light bright, I just remember having a hard time with the paper. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely found like I only I only played I played with your light bright, Steve, obviously, and I, I did not really do it too many times. But um I don't know. I I kind of bounced off of it. I didn't really you know, get into it, but it is, you know, a really neat toy that kind of introduced before the concept was even around, but like it introduced kids to pixel art, which is like kind kind of of a crazy thing. You know, it's not obviously what they were going for, but Mm. everything on there, you know, it's like, yeah, that's like, that's all pixel art. So I just, I I wish, I wish they had done it like a true grid. And then you could have done that is what is screwed not, me is it's all these weird like diagonal yeah, because game. each row yeah. is is offset that's the deal yeah so it's like bricks yeah. it's like bricks yeah. yeah yeah so I mean that made it its own thing but yeah if if it were just a pure grid and you could have done pixels like it would still be fun today I think for me anyway oh totally but I think that's the the, the same sort of fun I get out of like making perler beads. Because right. like you know sprites from video games, like what if if it wasn't for that, Perler beads would have 
never had any sway for me. I would have been like, okay, right. whatever. I would have done it like yeah. once with my kids and that's it. But once I realized like, oh my God, it's a grid. I can just do like video game art. And then that became like a giant thing. But like at the beginning it wasn't. And like, I don't know. I, I, I when I realized that it was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing of all time. Like yep, we can right. just make all these guys. We can just make all these right. guys. It's so fun. From different um, games. Yeah. Uh, the other thing with the light bride that I remember is I can't recall if it was the children's museum or the Boston museum of science. Um, but there was a giant light bright that they had. That was like a humongous wall. I want to say it was the Boston museum of science, but it was like the kids area. And, um, and I remember they had this just giant glowing wall. That was all these peg holes, just like a light bright, except the pegs that you would insert were like huge. They were like, you know, they would fit in your whole, your whole hand would fit around it. And there would be all these different see-through colored, you know, acrylic, um, pegs and you could mm -hmm. place them in there and just do a humongous light bright now really really fun concept I, I i liked playing with that quite a bit it made it difficult because you're in a public place and you can't just like have full control over it so <laughs> right, like, yeah, trying yeah. to actually right. make anything um, the kid next was, to you like starts fucking up your perfect design and he's like only right. four years old and you want to kick him but you can't right they're <laughs> like, look okay i'm trying to make freaking power ranger over here and you keep taking his foot so <laughs> it just ends up being you know frustrating but uh that was a really fun concept and i think that more more places are actually doing that uh, like having that large light bright thing um which is cool and it's yeah. reusable there's no paper it's just whatever it was yeah, like right, perfect grid right. and stuff but right. similar similar idea not actually light bright yeah um, there is something about those light bright like the pegs themselves that are just so unique. Like I can't, mm. I haven't seen them in years, but they look like little like Christmas lights almost. Yes. Right. But man, like, were they like, like a, yeah, they were like, like small, uh, and cylinder. Like yeah. Cylinder, but with a little, the little, yep. uh, little, I don't know. Don't know what you want to call it. There's like a, little, like a smaller peg that you stick. Through. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. You stick that through the paper and then like the rest of it's just there. And it's just only lit by one light bulb in the back. And it right. just it just literally lit up so colorful. It was really, really it's cool. really cool. Yeah, I, I, it's been so long since I've even seen those little pegs, but I can remember <laughs> them so well. Yeah, right, right. Uh, uh, one last thing before before I end my segment, uh, little just a, a little little bit of history uh, that just well, I wouldn't say history, but it just happened last year. Uh, Lightbright was named one of the top 100 toys of all time by time magazine and was inducted to the national the uh, national toy hall of fame in 2022 nice so that's really cool congrats wow. to light bright very cool yes. thank um, you hasbro it was made by hasbro, hasbro. uh also yeah so i'm sure 2021 there was a crossover of light bright with t-mobile and in order to celebrate 5g network across america T-Mobile came out with a limited edition light bright that only came with magenta pegs. Oh, it was God. designed for you to make the outline of the American, you know, the the North American continent and the 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 phrase 5G. Like <laughs> like this this is the oh, thing. God. You could you could buy it for $20 apparently 2 years ago, which is real crazy. What a weird it came thing. so close to being fun. So it close. Came with 184. <laughs> this is not pegs. what I want to make with this, but thanks for playing. Like, why? 
No, like, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, what were we gonna say? Oh, Steve? oh I don't know. Oh, I, I just, just want to say what, one more thing. The, the slogan. Mm-hmm. You guys know yeah, the slogan? Okay. I don't remember. Tycho. Now that's how you spell RC. Exactly. <laughs> no. Um, it's light, light, bright, making things with light. What a sight, making things with light, bright. Nice. I do remember there being a song out. in the commercial that was like light, bright, light, bright. Light, bright. So, yeah, I don't, I don't completely remember. With but, light. Yeah. It's out of sight. It's how you spell RC. It's reading rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Just take a look. It's not in the book. It's it's my library. It's a library. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to our second voicemail of the evening from Haley. Um, I think I'll just say that this is the reason that this episode even exists because she was she was reminded of this thing and we had a hilarious a hilarious conversation in the car and uh i'm like oh my god can we can we please do this and you have to do the exact thing all over but recorded so uh here it is so the second fad that is absolutely awful um was the fushigi ball which i don't know if anyone remembers but they were like fushigi you can be a juggler and a magic ball spinner and like all this stuff and they basically just made it seem like you literally had like superpowers if you had a fushigi ball because all the advertisement like videos for it it looks like the ball is like floating and it's like not spinning but the people's hands are spinning and like you could like roll it on your arms and it it was like magic and all this stuff they literally made it seem like it was the coolest thing ever so uh, like everyone wanted one i i don't even know why because it was seriously like it was just a ball like a glass ball and but like they made it look magic so everybody wanted it um and then i I finally get one one year and it's literally like a giant marble it's just like it's reflective so it kind of gives an illusion that like the ball isn't moving but it's very clear that it is like it's just so stupid it's literally just a glass ball marble and like everybody wanted one and you were like so cool if you had a fushigi ball but it's literally nothing like it does absolutely nothing all right fushigi god damn oh my god i don't even know i don't know if everybody out there remembers these these things or not but i did not but i'm glad that Haley did because hearing her complete, she was even funnier when it was just me and her in the car. It was the best. It was like she was just go. She went just went off, just dumping on it. <clears throat> but that was emphasis on the balls because yeah. it was totally balls. Yeah, but essentially, like you know, you have to see the commercial to truly appreciate like what she was saying. It, like, look up this Fushigi commercial. It makes it seem like it's the most amazing thing. But imagine if. Like the guy who was David Bowie's stand-in for Labyrinth was like doing a commercial and was like, 
look at this silver ball. Look at all the amazing things you can do with it. And like, he's just playing with it around his hand and it's rolling and doing these anti-grav like tricks and stuff. And you're like, Oh my God. And then they say in the commercial, Oh, and you can do this. You can learn. You can do anyone can do this. And then they have testimonials of all these kids going like, yeah, I can't believe I can do it. It's amazing. And uh, that's pretty much what it was. It's like, you get it. And you're like, this is just a silver ball. But in this case, it wasn't silver. It was like a ball within a ball, basically. It was reflective, but you could see that there was like a look like there was a force field around the ball or something. Yeah, but honestly, like a, like a fully reflective chrome ball encased yeah. in like a acrylic, like just a clear. Right. So it 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 was it was that was it. It was nothing. It was nothing at all. There's, there's nothing special about. So it. it's like, yeah, okay, David Bowie stand in from the movie Labyrinth. Like you can do that. <laughs> But you're like a freaking master at this weird thing. Like you can't right. sell it and be like anybody can do this. Well, I mean, I guess technically maybe that's possible. But how many years of training do I have to put in, like, to yeah. get to your level, sir? Right. That's like selling a guitar and being like, "Look at it. You can have yeah. this guitar." See, exactly. Eddie Van Halen knows how <laughs> right, to play it. Steve right. Vai's good at playing it. <laughs> And Joe Satriani's good. Just yeah. buy a guitar, and you can be a guitar person. Even Ingve J. Malmsteen can play. Even Ingve. Even Ingve. I mean, he. it is. It is just like that. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's like, yeah. Well, I have to fucking learn how to use it. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't come out the box ready to ready for magic. Like, they, I, they I, I'm the person who needs to learn how to fucking do everything. Like, yeah. it was probably you know weighted. Like it was probably balanced, like, you know, designed in a way that it, it has like perfect balance and it doesn't mm. have any like whatever. So that way you can do stuff with it. But it's like there's a lot of legwork that I got to do. Mm. Yeah. And the, and it's just not it's not like explained like that. It's super all. dishonest. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's like just very, very dishonest. Yeah. It's a and magic, I mean, magnetic ball. <clears throat> for sure. This is like Haley's big toy betrayal. Like definitely where she was the most she excited for the you. biggest letdown. Like for oh, sure. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. It, yeah. it, I totally, totally remember seeing these and, and thinking that they looked the super cool. Yeah. And I even remember seeing them in like bookstores and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, should I buy one? Should I get one? Like nope. kind of still wanted nope. one. And I just nope. never even really thought Absolutely about it. Absolutely not. Hard. yeah yeah so anyway but that's that was a an awesome pick so thanks again to my oldest Haley, who called in with those awesome voicemails and for being a part of the show and for giving us the idea for this super fun episode i'm having fun i hope you guys are having fun i hope everybody's having fun listening as well to our toy fat episode um so before i give my final pick um i'm just gonna run down the list of some just really quick lightning round uh, honorable mentions that nobody mentioned and I think are just worth real quick a mention. Um, some ta- toy fads throughout the years. I'm going to go in reverse order. So newest to oldest, starting with 1990s slap bracelets. Oh, yeah. Slap oh bracelets God, were yes. huge. Everybody had slap bracelets. It was so weird. Everybody in the entire world had slap bracelets and you had like a billion of them. Um, so they're actually invented in 1983, but whatever they were, they hit in 1990. Um, and I just remember them all through middle school and, um, not quite to high school, but it was like a flash in the pan. It was definitely a couple of years there where it was nuts. Um, 1985 
pound puppies. Yep. Huge. These were just a line of uh, stuffed animal dogs, and then they expanded it to be cats as well. Um, and there was a kind of a, a media empire that was spawned from it, kind of like the Care Bears. So there was there was never movies, but there was a TV show, a cartoon show, and there were books and you know different stuff like that that went with the pound puppies, and they turned them into characters. They had different ones. Um, and uh, they did try to come back a couple times over the years, but they... And I think you can even buy them still now, honestly, but um, they were huge. 1985 um, cabbage patch Nin- kids, as I mentioned. Ni- oh, go- I just gotta say 1985 was a much simpler time because if a toy called pound puppies came out today, the internet would explode. That's true. That's yes. true. It'd be like coming out with a toy called slam pigs. Mm-hmm. Trash. Pandas. You, you just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, not trash pandas. That's, that's fine. <laughs> Pound puppies is very much not cool. It's overtly for, sexual. For, right, it's like way sexual, like wicked. <laughs> right. And now <laughs> slam pigs. It's like, oh no, don't <laughs> call them that. It's like, no, they're made of rubber and you bounce them on the ground. It's like, mm, doesn't matter. Different name, please. <laughs> so <true>. anyway, <laughs> right you are, right you are, right you are, Tim. Um, 1983, we had Cabbage Patch Kids, as I already bitched about. Um, 1975, The Pet Rock legitimately was humongous. Um, it was basically so the Pet Rock was a very, uh, it was like a, a flat, very smooth rock, and it just like you'd glue like googly eyes on it and I don't know. That's literally it. It's like the biggest made million dollars. Yeah, it's like the biggest scam of all time, and it's it's just insane. Uh, I mean, just like Elron, Elron Hubbard levels of uh, you know trickery on that. Right. Um, uh, So 1965, the Chatty Kathy doll. So this was yeah, this was a really big deal, and it was really really popular. And it was this. I think she was the first doll that could talk. Uh, the Chatty Cathy doll, 1965, 1963, the Easy Bake Oven came out. Oh, yeah. Humongous, yeah, yeah. humongous, humongous toy. I um, always wanted an Easy Bake Oven, I swear to God. I mean, legitimately, it's like the way you cook as a kid, right? You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 1958, the Viewmaster. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Still popular in the 80s for sure. Yeah. And this is this is a toy that, you know, would have been good in 90s toys that aren't from the 90s. I really thought this was an 80s toy. Yeah. 50s. Wow. 50, 58. And it hit. It hit big and was very popular when it came out. So this is really one of those other toys that keeps coming back around again. And I think this is a toy you can buy today as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely hit again in the eighties at least for sure. Because my God, I had a ton of these things and they were putting them out like every single, you know, movie that would like every Disney movie you can be guaranteed is going to have a Viewmaster thing. Like yep. you could get anything for the Viewmaster Cause it's just like, pictures like how hard was it to make these things um yep. 1957 play-doh huge i mean yeah. totally huge yeah i mean it's still yeah. around today but it's mm-hmm. definitely not like it was and this was definitely another one that i really thought was like more of an 80s thing and i remember i mean joe do you, you must remember the 
play sets that they would have with this. I mean, oh, they yeah. would show like massive play sets and different ways to extrude the the dough and push it out of these holes and it would make these like spaghetti noodles and yeah. I mean just just all sorts of stuff but yeah it, apparently it was really big when it came out in 1957 it was a, just a humongous humongous hit um 1956 Mr. Potato Head yep oh yeah and and you know the one we had in the the 80s um, which was plastic and had the reusable pieces. I remember having that in my, I remember my mom saying, wow, the one that she had when she was a little girl was like made of styrofoam or something. And you would like, essentially you're poking needles into it basically. And you're like hurting the thing. So eventually it just becomes useless and you have to throw it away. And that she was like, wow, I can't believe how much better the ones they make today are. And I was just like, I, the thought that this toy existed when my mom was a little kid was just like mind blowing. Right. right 1950, yeah. 1955 color forms. You guys remember color forms? Yep. Color forms. Basically, I never played with them, but I remember them. Yep. These very thin rubbery plastic pieces that looked like characters and you can stick them on scenes. They would just be like a, a glossy sort of a surface oh, of a yeah. picture and you could like place the character and then move it. And it was like essentially non-permanent stickers. That's like right. the basic idea. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, 1955. And then my final honorable mention, 1952, the slinky. Yep. Just a humongous, humongous fad. Everybody needed a slinky. And of course, back then they were just metal. And then, you know, we, we've talked about slinkies. I think we did talk about slinkies in that 90s toys episode that aren't from the 90s because it, it is one of those classic things that just it just never goes away. But right. a huge hit when it when it first came out, too. So anyway, that brings me to my final pick of the evening. Um, this is one that I have so many very, so very many fond memories of and every kid had one but they by the time like i i guess in the mid 80s or whatever when i was like or maybe early 80s maybe it was like 83 84 when i maybe 85 so i guess the one i had came out in 84 so let's let's go with that um there were so many different ones that you know everybody could have their own and it wouldn't be like a thing where you needed more than one it was just like which one is yours you know whatever but this is the the big wheel um big wheel is a brand of low riding tricycles it's made almost completely out of plastic although there are some metal uh components some hardware and stuff um it has a large front wheel and little back ones are all, I mean, there's, it's funny. There's like treads on the front wheel, but it's just, it's just a solid piece of blow molded plastic. Like, you know, if you wrote it on the, if you wrote it on a surface that was like really not that flat, you'd really mess it up and it could really, you know, you'd break the wheel basically. Um, but it was, uh, it was introduced by Lewis Marks and company in 1969 and manufactured in Girard, Pennsylvania. So this is truly an American product. Um, and the basic fun of it is that you're so incredibly low to the ground. It's like you don't you don't have to worry about being scared of like learning how to ride a bike. This was just a this was plug and play. You just sit down and anybody can do it. And um, you're so low to the ground that like it it had its own level of fun. Like you were able to kind of spin out and do some tricks and like, um, 
it, it was just insanely fun. Your your feet are like your knees are like gonna like poke your eyes out if you're if you're too old. That's how you know you're you got to get off. It's you're now too old for this thing. But um, so it was it was really popular um, when it came out, and it originally only had just one. There was one big wheel. It was it was three colors: red, yellow, blue, and black wheels, and that was like the big wheel. And then in the eighties. It just grew in popularity, had a surge, and um, other companies were like knocking them off and doing different ones that were um, licensed, like we were saying with other things. Um, so Big Wheels as a company, they did produce several licensed different trikes, including uh, they had they had one for the show Chips. Mm-hmm. Punch and John, Punch and John. They had they had a Cubert one. They had a Muppet Show one. Mister T. <laughs> I didn't get into Mister T. Wow. One. So weird. What DC, does that look like? D, I don't know. DC Comics, and uh, so they had they had some cool licenses, but um, they really couldn't compete with some of the knockoff ones, and in in particular, um, the company Coleco. <clears throat> Um, same, you know, ColecoVision, Coleco, uh, they put out a line called the power wheels line instead of big wheel. And, um, the power wheels had all the cool, like all the more cool licenses. Um, they had, I mean, like there was like a, a Thundercats one that looked like cat's lair. Like the the whole cycle kind of looked like Cat's Lair. They had a Knight Rider one, and um, they had uh, various various other cool cartoon shows at the time. The one that I had was actually the Transformers one, and that uh, that was called Power Cycle, and it was supposed to be a character. Like if you go to the Cybertron trans- official Transformers wiki, this has a listing as a character. Like Power Cycle is his name. Like I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> they actually like bothered listing this, That's but it's so, so cool. funny. It's, it's pretty cool looking. It's red and black. And um, the transforming capabilities of, of this bike were pretty lame, but it was its gimmick. And that was the thing with the power, the power wheels line was that um, it's funny that it was called power wheels because power wheels was also the big motorized car. Right. Line. Those are pow, pow, power wheels. So these were also called Power Wheels. I, I I don't know why. It's so bizarre to me that that it had the same name and it wasn't a big like lawsuit. But um, there were a lot of these Power Wheels that are not motorized. They're just big wheels. They're just trikes. You just pedal and you go. Um, but yeah, so this 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 line each each Power Wheels had like a like its own like lame gimmick. That it's its own thing. Uh, besides the way it looks. Like the Knight Rider one had a brake that was uh, by like, you know, it's it's like an emergency brake by the wheels and bottom wheels. So like the back wheels, I mean, so like you're, you're driving, you're going fast and you hit that thing, you pull real hard and you can do donuts. And uh, my wife said her, her brother actually had this one and it was, it was like neat. And she was clearly not happy that she didn't get one. That's really unfair, but, um, uh-huh. So that was the thing. You could just like do donuts with it. And um, so the transformer one transformed, but I mean, basically there's one piece in the front 
that you know it all when it's in motorcycle form everything just looks like a motorcycle there's one little piece in the front that you can flip up and it'll actually have like a decal of a transformer's face a power cycle is his name if if you don't remember and then there was little parts with the hand handlebars that would flip up and they kind of look like guns so or maybe he's like maybe there were little hands on there too or something um but i mean you know it was still fun i i loved this thing to death and um uh yeah i I don't think i've ever admitted this on the show but when i was a little kid like 84 i was only five years old at that point i i didn't like the transformers i got into transformers way later like probably middle school or something like that was like after the show was on i saw it and i just never really liked it so i don't actually know why my parents got me the transformers one out of all of them it's kind of (laughs) weird but it's like the webkins thing with Haley. it did not matter i would have been just as happy with a dukes of hazard one never having seen an episode of the dukes of hazard like i wouldn't have cared no matter what it was so i was ridiculously happy i loved this thing and i just remember like wanting to pretend i was like in the transformers universe but i didn't know anybody's name and i knew like megatron was the bad guy but i didn't know his name so i was like i was like oh look it's the white guy oh we gotta beat the white guy like i distinctly remember like doing this by myself like playing by myself (laughs) oh no it's the white guy oh no it's megatron you little shit you moron Uh, (laughs) you little fuck you little fuck (laughs) Um, anyway, that's that's my final pick. That is uh, that is nice. the big wheel slash nice. slash power wheels, but not the one you're thinking of. Nice. Solid. Yeah. Solid. So that's our episode on toy fads. We hope you enjoyed our picks. We certainly had fun presenting them. Indeed. Um, yeah. So it is as I look at my Tamagotchi, it is almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye, let's go to this. You got your spiked gauntlets. You got your bullet belt. You got your leather jacket and your denim. You got your hairspray. Well, put them on because it's time for another edition of Power to the Metal. What's up, everyone? This is Nintendo, and I am back with another Power to the Metal segment. And on this segment, I'm going to talk about this little band called Meshiac or Meshiac. I don't know how you hear how you're supposed to pronounce it, but they're from Australia. And uh, they only have two albums out: Alliance of Thieves, which came out in 2016, and the second album is called Mask of All Misery, which came out in 2019. I highly recommend the first album that album kicks ass from start to finish um the second album is pretty good but not as strong as the as the first one the songs i recommend is it burns at both ends i don't know what they mean by that um probably the candle candles <laughs> yes uh, although i'm thinking taco bell for some reason why am i thinking hmm, taco bell? Hmm. at the edge of the world last breath taken and the title track alliance of thieves are Awesome songs. Highly recommend it. Cool shit. I got into this band because of our good buddy Wade, who runs his own little show called um, The Metal Assault on Brain Gel Radio. So he's on every Tuesday nights here in America and uh, Wednesday mornings for him. 
in Australia. So definitely check them out. If you want to listen to some uh, cool metal, maybe discover something new as well. Yeah. And uh, it should be mentioned that Wade is the only man in the entire world that ever played our music from our old band Enchanted Exile. And he still randomly does. Yep. Like he, he tagged us like the other day and he tags every band that he plays. And it's like, you are the only person listening to this shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what a guy. Thanks, Wade. He's like <laughs> our only claim to fame ever as as Enchanted Exile was was because of Wade and uh, Metal Assault Radio. That's right. So thanks, Wade. You're awesome. You rock, man. You rock my song. Um, all right, awesome. Well, thanks. Thank you, Nintend. Very Thank cool. You. Another awesome band to check out. Um, so I guess we've kind of done it. So I guess that pretty much wraps up the episode. Um, if you guys out there in listening land, if you haven't jumped ship by now, you know, we appreciate it. So thank you. Let me, let me just say thank you for not jumping ship by now. We certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up with them. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as being part of the inebriate podcast network. Retro Reductibus, that's us, is a full-fledged member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So if you get the chance, please check out our sister shows like Throwdown Thursday, Splash Pages, Comic Paradox, Hooked on Movies, Still Toking With, Shark Bites, The Dork Knight. There's over 30 shows for you to listen to and dig into and dive into and digest on your way to work or perhaps late at night when you when you're when you're just really lonely and realize that like you have no friends and no one loves you, you know, any, any time of day, really for any, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> for more information or to subscribe to go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying that I was going to, I was going to be okay, but, <laughs> but now I'm not. That, the sound that Tim made, the, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. just really got me. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com and be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee, Coffee to Die For. I have been your host, my name's Uh You have yourself an excellent (laughs) evening, even though it's a sad thing that your adventures have ended here. Goodbye. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at (laughs) thedorkening.com. <laughs> Did not expect that to be such a derailing moment. It just, it just got me. It was. <laughs> I just really was trying to hold it together anyway, and, right? Uh, and you just, you just, you just pushed me over the edge. <laughs> broke the ice. Ah, uh, god damn it. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I'm okay. That was fun.